0: Hello, my name is John Kennedy and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes are James Hatcher and Andy Clutterbuck from the band HON, a self-produced English electronic music duo formed in 2014. James and Andy met while studying at university and quickly started making music together after discovering a shared love of classic soul and complex synths, eventually forming HON, a Japanese word meaning real intention, during late 2014. In September of that year, the band released their first EP, Warm on a Cold Night, via Super Recordings, shortly following it with a second EP, All in the Value, making their live debut at the Seabright Arms on the very same day of release. During 2015 and early 2016, Hon released the EP's Coastal Love, Overlove, and Gone Are The Days through their own label, Tatame Recordings, in partnership with Atlantic Records. The band followed this up with their first full-length album, Warm On A Cold Night, in July 2016, and it wasn't long before they established themselves as a global force touring extensively around the world and winning fans in far-off places, including going triple platinum in South Korea. Fast forward to 2018, and the band have released two singles from their forthcoming album Love Me, Love Me Not, and are fresh off the back of performing a sellout show at the Village Underground. I'm here at Hon's very own Tokidoki Studios with James and Andy to talk about three songs from their forthcoming album Love Me, Love Me Not, and what better way to start that conversation than by hearing something from the band.
1: Control
0: It is Hon with Warm on a Cold Night, the opening and the title track of their debut album from 2016. And I'm very pleased to say that Hon have very kindly invited me into their inner sanctum to talk about their <laughs> new album, uh, Love Me, Love Me Not. We've got Andy Clutterbuck, uh, vocals and production. Hello. And we've got James Hatcher, production and Hello. multi-instrumentation as well. <laughs> um, and we're sitting here in Bo. E3 Bow as we like to refer to it if we're into our grime it's the heart it's grime central it uh, where Dizzy and Wiley and more fire crew and all those lovely people um, emerged and gave the world a, a whole different sound um, but Hon also. are based here and then you've got <laughs> yeah. another kind of dimension to yeah. the yeah. E3 Bow sound so um, we're in your inner sanctum your home studio I mean how would you describe this
2: Yeah I would say um, just to give everyone a picture in their minds we're on like a little mezzanine in a flat in East London Um, yeah it's like a home studio so it's very basic setup but it kind of works yeah and James lives like around the corner
3: three minute walk away with an almost identical setup just so everything
0: sounds the same yeah whatever we do. I mean, it, it, it's very un-studio-like in many ways, because there's no baffling or, or anything like that. We're no. in the mezzanine. We can look straight up and see the sky. It's yep. very bright and airy, but there's nothing to create that studio atmosphere. <laughs> um, if we open the windows, we get the nice pleasant sounds of, of Bow Road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you create that kind of hushed environment to record in? I mean, that must be tricky.
2: Honestly, yeah, on the first album, I had to like close all the curtains, close these blinds just to get more of a sort of nighttime feeling.
3: And yeah, I think this on our new album is a bit more daytime and a bit more like open sounding. So I think yeah, um... I couldn't couldn't be bothered to close the curtains anymore. So that's (laughs) that's why it's ended
2: up like this. So the sort of the theme is there's two sides with the new album. Um Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, whether it's like daytime and nighttime or being in love or being out of love, there's like a, a real mixture. Um, and that's what we've tried to explore a bit more rather than just kind of, um, we're very proud of it, but like it was very one-dimensional, the first album. So we didn't really delve into different
0: territories. Mm. But intentionally so. I mean, that was the yeah. approach, I think. To yes, it was, definitely, yeah. yeah.
2: Like like we were saying, like the the... With the first album, we really spent a lot of time thinking. Okay, how can we make it cohesive? And so it was like having my vocal with a prophet and some drum machines that really kind of sealed the deal. And yeah. like, okay, let's work with that across all the songs.
3: Yeah, and, and you feel like because you're still trying to make people recognize what Hon is. Mm. It's good to have that limitation and like put your stamp on that particular sound but now we've wanted to move away like still keep some of those elements but we've realized that andy's voice is like a really important element and just how i think you can kind of spot a hon song like the kind of melodies you're singing and the harmonies yeah that we don't have to necessarily stick to that exact methodology
0: every time Mm. i mean that that setup that you had to create that first album Mm -hmm worked really well and it led to a lot of success yeah No, both home in britain uh, abroad in the u.s but particularly in southeast asia yes um triple platinum <laughs> in south korea which yeah, is yeah. amazing playing it to is, twenty thousand people uh, it's, it's baffling
2: I, I really don't know where it came from it kind of well we just we were just doing you know normal things posting posts on instagram and and all this sort of stuff and then
3: this was right at the
2: start wasn't it yeah. just after
3: we released so our first track was warm on a cold night back a long time ago like 2014 and within like a few weeks sorry you you carry on we we just noticed all these comments on our instagram feeds like come to
2: korea so okay i mean yeah hopefully (laughs) one day we would love to um and then it just got more and more and then it kind of spiraled out of control. i don't know what it stemmed from i think you know with social media there's one person that kind of can tweet about you or whatever and then it can just all sort of bubble Set away the way from ball there. rolling yeah. yeah so it was great it was fantastic and we eventually went over and realized that things were starting yeah. to do well there
3: we yeah. realized actually when we we were on tour in america and we put we were speaking to a promoter over there and we decided to put a gig on and it was like one gig like 15 or maybe 1600 cap or something mm. and they put it on sale and we went and did the gig and came back and it had sold out And then we had like our inbox was rammed on Facebook with people like I didn't get tickets like crying faces. What's going on here? Um, And then they put two more on sale the next day and they sold out in like 10 minutes again. And it's yeah. In England, it takes us like three months to do one, (laughs) one. At that point, it was like three months to do the same size venue and in Korea. It's like just done straight away.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously obviously the way you know you'd love things to be all around the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, you and you've got to go where the audience is. I suppose. You yeah, know, yeah. Go, If they're interested, then you've got to return that. Yeah, definitely. Interest. Show that love. Yes, yeah. Course, yeah. But in terms of approaching the second album then um, and obviously you mentioned that you wanted to expand the sound palette and and, uh, expand what instruments and what approaches you might take. But in terms of the actual making of it, I think you took the same approach in that you came back to this mezzanine floor and and decided to just do (laughs) it the way you had done it before.
2: Yeah, it's like a case of if it's not broken, don't try and fix anything. Yeah. we we did things differently like there was a whole number of things we we tried um i guess one of the first things we did was we changed the software that we were using so we did the first record on logic um which is obviously very good and for what it does it you know it served its purpose very well but we thought that maybe if we tried a new software to record with maybe we'd we we do stuff differently yeah. and like i don't know when you work out how something works you can often get led down a, a path to something quite interesting yeah um so we changed to ableton um so that was the first thing
3: yeah and i think straight after so after we finished the first album we had a lot of time like a couple of years touring and you're thinking all the time about like how and listening to new music and thinking how you feel like you could develop for the second album. And like drum samples was a huge part of that. A lot of our first one was 808s and then like Simmons snares and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, But we wanted to be, use more like hip hop kind of samples, just more like either full full samples like of a drum loop or like bigger kicks and snares and hi-hats and stuff. Um, Yeah. If you don't just have 808s, There's a lot more room to have a very fresh sounding palette on each song. Um, So, yeah, we definitely wanted to do that.
2: I think it was something that I noticed with bands like Radiohead, who obviously evolve with every album that they do, um, a real inspiration in terms of like really pushing themselves. I was just listening to In Rainbows and noticed that all the drums were different across every track. Like some, it was just really acoustic sort of drum vibes and then the others were really electronic yeah and every track had a different feel to it but obviously still felt like radiohead i thought that we can try we can do that yeah yeah. If the biggest fan in the world can do yeah. it, yeah, <laughs> <as> most intelligent,
3: <laughs> brilliant musicians in the world can do it.
0: That's interesting. So do you think, um, would songs start with the drums or, or would that be something you'd think about later? So the song, you're both nodding. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, either it would start with it or very soon after we think about that side of things.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to talk about three songs today yes. uh, rather than the whole album. Um, but we're going to talk about Day One, Me And You and Sometimes. And I thought Day One seemed like the one to start with in yeah. that, that was the first song you shared for the new record yeah. where did that come in this whole writing and creation process then so you had this idea let's change the drums let's change our our software so yeah. you're now using Ableton and you're going to use much more real sounding drum samples yeah um, and how did that work into day one
3: well so actually there's there, there is one more thing that changed with this album and that was that we decided we want to work with like collaborate with other musicians and artists as well that we've really liked over the last you know like we've been playing festivals and going around the place and you bump into people again and again and you like speak on social media and stuff so one of those people was a guy called reuben james who is a jazz pianist he's actually touring he plays for sam smith yeah um so he's pretty busy (laughs) he's not around that much Mm. um but he like can do his own night at Ronnie Scott's and there's like a queue out the door and like people want to see him play piano and Andy he messaged us just as a fan a few years ago yeah I was like we should hang out it's like a real chatty kind of social media nuts guy yeah um and you he was in Japan at the same time as you when you were there
2: yeah I was just there um visiting my girlfriend who was there for work at the time and I put something on twitter and he messaged back saying oh let's meet up i'm here i'm um, doing a gig so yeah i met him then and then we've just been speaking over the years and bumped into him every so often yeah and eventually we got in, got him here to where we are today into this very room exactly yeah. onto the mezzanine floor Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um and yeah just basically he's he is a genius i'm sure of it and you just sit him
3: down at a piano and he'll just play and play and play. It's like a chord box. just <laughs> It just flows out of him constantly. Yeah. Um, and but got- it's, we kind of have this thing with him. So he, we've written three tracks on the album with him. Um, and we kind of have a thing where it, we start with just the chords and we all just sit around and he plays stuff and we'll be like, what about something more like this? And then we'll get to something, and we'll be like, oh, it's, this is good, but it's not, like the best it can be so then we'll just scrap it and then we'll do that a couple of times until we get to something and we're like that's it that's the one and then from that moment it'll just it'll just the song will be done almost in like an hour um and we had that with day one didn't we we'd sort of beat around the bush for a while and then he was downstairs and started playing some chords and just went that's it that's the one that's the one Recorded it and yeah, so this is one that we we like to do things a bit rough around the edges sometimes. So we recorded that piano downstairs with an iPhone, just on note on um, what's it called? Voice, voice, yeah, voice memo. voice Right. So um, so
0: so below the mezzanine is uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a the mezzanine. It's it, yeah. gonna be a thing. <laughs> it could <The> be. <laughs> so below the the where we're sat is a piano. Yes. And so he was fooling around on that, having worked on a bit of the the embryonic day one. Uh, all the ideas that fed into it and then you immediately thought that's the bit and then you ran down with your (laughs) with your iphone yeah basically wow
3: i always just stand next to him and he was up here i think and he like looks at you like with a loving gaze because he's like playing (laughs) this is what he does constantly because he's like hmm you like that Mm." (laughs) he never looks i should say that james is looking particularly seductive when (laughs) when, when
2: he's looking at me well
3: um, you got it there, Andy? Well,
2: let's see what I've got. There's a uh, voice memo. Turn it down a bit up there,
3: will you, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Turn it down a little bit, will you? There's nothing incriminating on this, is there? <laughs> there might be, I don't <laughs> know. You're such a wanker. We definitely should have checked this. Yeah. So, one, two, ba-da-da-da-da-da, da, da, da.
2: oh just no, keep no, it looping, keep, keep looping. it looping,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good one, two, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't it. oh shit.
3: So we like gradually developed it basically to keep it going.
0: Upstairs, I'm upstairs yeah providing that that kind of backing track that we can hear in the background exactly yeah. so and he's listening to that and timing his reaction to that and you're there sauce, with, the, <laughs> with the iPhone in your hand <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it's just
3: on the piano right and uh, yeah he's looking at me the whole time Oof. yeah so then, that's what he, you know he's gauging my reaction right oh, so it's he's like, looking for your facial reaction yeah so if I'm like ooh then he'll be like ooh, okay.
2: yeah <laughs> that's and then, great and, and so, so if, how long
0: did you allow him to do, do that for? Um quite a while yeah.
2: yeah I mean it just goes round and round and then if you now if we go into the actual recording so mm. I'm just going to solo oh so it changed key as well but you can hear this is the actual sound on the recording mm. you can still hear the, like, clap in the background from the speakers up on the mezzanine floor. <laughs> yeah. From where James is
3: recording downstairs. Which, actually, when we were getting it mixed, we were just baffled. We were like, where's this? There's, like, banging sounds in the middle eight. Where are they coming from? Do you remember? Yeah. And every mix we get back, it was never fixed. And then we realised, oh, it was just our fault. We recorded it with an iPhone downstairs. Yeah. That's
0: um, great. Yeah. I mean, it's so good to have that still. Mm.
3: Yeah. Maybe it's just a bad methodology,
2: but <laughs> when something is recorded perfectly, it becomes too poppy or like too pristine and it doesn't have any character, I guess. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, and so at this point, um, did you have any words to this song? Did you have anything else for this song? Not at that point. So no. I
3: believe the first,
2: thing, the on the very first day, we had an instrumental, pretty much the full thing, and a chorus which was the chorus that is still there. Um, There's also this intro.
3: Which no one will ever hear. No, (laughs) that never made the cut. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is just a sample. Of a lady on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is amazing and I love it. Yeah, so sad.
0: So you dropped it. For legal reasons or, or, or yeah it was a yeah. case
2: of not being able to clear yeah. it
0: yeah yeah um, and it, it was an added extra it wasn't necessary yeah nothing yeah.
2: was no verse at this point.
0: There was maybe a pre, but I'm not sure. I haven't listened to this version. <laughs> and the day one reference—I mean, could did that have anything to do with the fact that this was the start of the new record? Or
3: possibly, it? yeah. Um, it was. You often like write stuff down, don't you? Of like, yes, yeah, like, things that you want to write about, kind of thing.
2: It was more a case of like. Um, so I've been in a relationship for a long, long time with the same person, and it's just like an ode to
0: to them. Mm. So it's like a, a, an ode to everlasting love. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's such a lovely, upbeat song. Yeah. So at what point then did you think, right, I've got to sit down and start thinking about this song um, and, and what I can do with it? No, because I can't just sing that little refrain again. And again. Yeah, no, so... It can, <laughs> I not good, but... Yeah,
2: yeah, it's much it, like that too. it took, as it always does, it will then take like... You know another version and another version after that, I think we've got like five or six
3: versions um in terms of your verses and the middle eight it you wrote it all in like a one more day, didn't you yeah and sent it over th- yeah i think so um once you once Andy's got like the clear concept down, normally a chorus or something, yeah, then the rest seems to well, I don't know, but it seems pretty painless for you to. To come up with the rest of it, to yeah. write the rest of it.
2: And it's the same as with the first album. Um, what would happen is we'd either write an instrumental together or James would write an instrumental and then we'd part ways and then I'd just do my thing. And it's still the same. Yeah, I'll just, once the instrumental's
0: there, just hash it out, spend a day or so working out the concept and the, mm. the lyrics. And in terms of Ruben's involvement, so that day you recorded him and, mm-hmm. and did you, you get him to, you know play and play and play and then he walks away and then you take it up from there is that what happens yeah, we had
3: we had all of it though pretty much
2: didn't we for this one yeah. yeah so but generally speaking um with with either ruben or a lot of the other people that we've worked with on this record we'll start something and get it to a, you know a fairly decent point but then because we're control freaks i guess we like <laughs> bring it in-house and then putting our stamp on it and yeah
0: Getting it to the point that we it can
3: change quite a lot, can't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting this this new element of adding a, an extra person who just helps as a catalyst to just get things going. It's, exactly, it's, and it's clearly working really well. And I, I like that idea that you know they they know what they're doing. It's all just kind of hang out really and having yeah. fun yeah. together. Um, but at the same time, letting you carry on with it. And
3: yeah, yeah. like like the mid, the mid late of this song on honestly the chords were written they're like it's a pretty complex change in this song honestly Ruben wrote this section in the time it took to walk over to that keyboard and play it just can you play it (laughs) because it's it's pretty nuts Yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. And even that glissando, like, he did that on the spot. Right. Yeah, it's all the black notes of the keyboard. He
2: just yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he even plays
3: it with his elbow. Yeah, he
0: does. It's and like... looks at you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, after that mid late then, because, I mean, the, the song does build. I mean, you, you, you add further touches, don't you? I mean, there's even yeah. a gospel choir on this song.
2: There are, yeah. So we went into love to get them in here but it's just not possible (laughs) Um, into your church yeah exactly no so we record them um and we recorded with this choir um the house gospel choir on the first album as well so yeah they're just an amazing group of people and we got them in again to livingston studios um and just spent a day with them there again incredible and we got them on the end i think Mm.
3: and in the choruses as well Yeah. yeah
0: but there's another part there that we haven't talked about which is that kind of whistling part that yeah
3: that's a flute isn't it right. it is Andy's
0: very good at the flute so, he just... <laughs> so there's an actual real flute that you play oh no it's true um it's a sample that Geoffrey we found
2: um I don't know where, but it's all, I've just all gone through it and re yeah. all the notes to fit with the, the tune. Um, but yeah, it,
3: rhythmically it was exactly the way it is now. That's also one of Andy's little tricks. So you get like, a, uh, like a, an instrument, like a burst of notes kind of thing. So it can be a saxophone or a flute or something, but going like, like any notes put auto-tune on it and make it set to the right to the key of the song so that every note of that run is in in it in, will fit over your song yeah so That's this clever. is really great <laughs> yeah i thought it was, I was, you're a genius <laughs>
2: thank you <laughs> this is the flute i mean this is it completely dry
0: so this is that without any treatment. This is how you found it. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, this is. This is.
2: I can't take it back to the very original. <laughs> yeah. No. I don't necessarily want um, to. But it's. It's. This is. Yeah. This is with no effects or anything. And then it's got sidechain on, reverb,
0: and a filter. So yeah. Mm. Have you got
3: that? D- yeah. I mean, it's a very
0: subtle thing in within the the, the song, but it's another element that adds another layer that the listener can really get involved in, I think, because you could easily see or hear them picking up on just that little refrain yeah. and enjoying that little refrain when they're singing along to your song. Do, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. You know, all those little elements yeah. that aren't the main body and yeah. you don't rely on on just using your hook and the tune that you've got yeah. uh, to, to yeah, keep people happy. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that was same one way. of our
3: main things for this album was to be that we wanted it to be just like a feast of sounds that you don't really know how they're made Mm. i don't know that doesn't really sound like a flute. no this is the um i don't know if it's actually it might be ruben
2: this is it dry
0: oh so it's ruben and then you've turned it into something else
2: just uh with the powers of reverb and delay
3: There you go. Yeah, it sounds sound reverb and delay.
2: It sounds like a lot of
0: chimes. So we do, guys. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so th- the session with the the house choir, the the gospel choir that's yeah. on it. So, did you know exactly what you were trying to achieve there? With we, yeah, we
2: always go in with an idea of what we want to get. Yeah. Because um,
3: we had Ruben. Reuben had already sung those harmonies and the chords. Yeah. He sang every note of the chords. In fact, I'll
2: actually get those because they're quite nice to listen to.
0: So yeah, so that's that's not you singing, Andy. No,
2: this is Ruben, which is quite nice. We quite like it when there's it just adds a different dimension when it's someone else's vocal. Yeah. Well, for me anyway, I would I would just get bored of hearing
0: (laughs) yeah my own voice.
2: Yeah. Um, And what he would do is would sing uh, like one line at a time.
1: and then just add
0: to make these really crazy chords yeah and is that all sung here as well yes yeah, yeah and yeah. so did you get him back to do those singing parts or was that on the same day all day, in the one yeah. day gosh you're day working him hard aren't you, you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also you're you're kind of running with ideas as you've as you've got him here and you're kind of exploring yeah, things exactly. because it wasn't necessarily given that you were you know, going to use that in that yeah, way yeah yeah you
2: know? yeah it was it was one of those moments that it just happened very easily yeah like a song some songs don't come as easy as this and they're a bit more of a challenge yeah that's like great. That. So, I
0: mean, day one, if this was day one of the recording process for the second Hon album, went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it did.
3: It did. I, I definitely feel like this it was, was all kind of a blueprint after this point. Yeah, and it was all downhill. Yeah, all that. downhill from it. <laughs>
0: You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Take Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred Again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organizing and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labeling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers, and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organize set lists, and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. Did you do it honestly? Tape it is fantastic. All of the tape notes team members are complete converts, and excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. What should we have a look at next? So because the other two songs we're going to listen to are "Me and You" and "Sometimes," and which, which yeah. was next in the evolution of the record, or or which illustrates the the darker side? Of... Should we do "Sometimes"? Because yeah, let's that's... do that. Yeah,
3: yeah. So the the concept of the album is "Love Me, Love Me Not," and. Each song kind of falls into one of those categories so yeah day one and then the opposite of that is sometimes yeah and
2: sometimes was released together with day one so they came as a pair and this one started in LA actually so we went there for a week or just over a week to again work with other people and you know broaden our horizons and one of the days that we had a session booked in it got cancelled it all fell through and um we we had like, nothing with us did well we, at all? yeah we've got our phones and i don't even think we had a laptop no we didn't so we were very ill prepared we <laughs> <laughs> um, but funnily enough we well i think our manager sent us an article very cleverly saying it was about a, a guy a producer called steve lacy well in an article that we read he was renowned for just starting ideas on his phone using GarageBand to record a guitar into or whatever it was and he'd go to sessions and be like I've got this idea here it is I'm just plugged his phone in um so we're like right well we've got our phones at least we've got internet we can download GarageBand and that's exactly what we did um so yeah. two of
0: you sat on the same sofa with headphones on, <laughs> doing different um, not talking to each other, but yeah. doing different things yeah. on your phones with GarageBand and using whatever plugins they have? Or, or you know.
2: Yeah, so one of the um, instruments you can sort of make is a sampler. So you could record into the mic and then it would it cleverly puts it to a C, so the note C, and then from that point... James was, like, whistling, and then we could make a, an instrument out of the whistle, for example, or or anything. Um, but, yeah, this is how Sometime started, basically, and this is the very, very first rough demo.
0: So now Andy's just triggered his phone, so you're playing this off your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this um. is the
2: original project. So you can... The piano there is... Um, out of time. <laughs> yeah, it's very out of time. Um, but no, it's just a, a sample that was already on Garage Band that I've put into the sampler and then I, I'm triggering different notes and... Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it just... All it takes for us is to... Divide, like, that sound is like... That's a unique sound. We can make a whole song out of that. So that's yeah, that's the thing.
0: That's an amazing starting point you know, because it seems so simple, you know, and, and you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of this laid-back LA afternoon. The two of you, you know, uh, the, the 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 appointments have been cancelled, so you've yeah. got this free time, but only phones to use. Yeah. And you've risen to the occasion <laughs> by <laughs> creating
2: <laughs> something. Yeah. It was very clever of our manager to send us that article. Yeah. That yeah. you should be
3: working somehow. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, gonna get you working. Yeah. You're not gonna relax.
0: Um, had he had that article saved for ages maybe yeah until this one day last resort yeah
3: I think it was um, it was it was because Steve Lacey got a track uh, this article was published because he he was on Kendrick Lamar's album and he he produced the drums for one of them on his phone in the session and that was why he sent it to us I think right yeah. so there are no yeah.
0: excuses you can be working you don't need to be just yeah. thinking right oh it's a pool day isn't it you know? yeah <laughs> I <know. laughs> fantastic it. unfortunately so, for us yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you created that and then you took that home with you and said look what we did in LA yeah <laughs> it was really successful we need to fly there more often
2: I think I, it was kind of one of those things that we maybe slept on like we didn't really um, think about it and then you know, after a while I might have been looking through my phone and I thought, Oh, I remember that thing we did.
3: Maybe it could be good. Pulled it up and I think To be honest, I didn't hear anything about this song until I heard the final version of this song. <laughs> well there are there were a few or oh, like the first the yeah, first full demo of this There song. were a
2: few um building up to it. And it this this was one unlike day one that was very simple, this was a hard hard one and it took a long time to
3: come to full fruition
2: yeah yeah and lyrically it's it all came from um around it's it's darker and it was around the time that there were some of the terror attacks in London and I had texted my girlfriend to say are you okay like just making sure that you know she was not involved in any way and I hadn't heard back and I just like how everyone's mind thinks the worst in a time like that I thought oh, oh dear what's going on um but yeah this this song is about telling someone how you felt when you had the chance to but obviously not being able to um so yeah it's it is the flip side to day one which is you know very bubbly
0: and celebrating yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Um, so, so, but in effect, with regards to this song, you had taken what you'd come up with in an A and stumbled across it again at a later stage, yeah. And then started to develop it, but hadn't shared this with James until you shared the demo that yes. you're yeah. going to Which, play us now.
2: Yeah. Okay. Let me just find that.
0: So he does do some things without you then. Yeah. You? Yeah.
3: Shocking. Yeah. That's that does happen sometimes. <laughs> just now and again. On the last album, there's a track called "Treat You Right," and my only input was think we should half the first chorus is that cool send that one off to be mixed
1: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i'm stupid sometimes i'm fucking hard work sometimes i'm the worst person i only
2: know how to hurt so we also went a bit Kanye and Bon Boniver
0: with it. <laughs> did that come from the the music that you had created back in LA? No, because that did you think that would really suit it or or did you try out a, a cleaner vocal?
2: Um I I did try, I think I was um I had just got the profit sound to so the chords that you hear underneath. Um and I had the mic plugged in and I think I was just I turned auto tune and like a vocoder plugin on, and I just wanted to try it out because it's been something I wanted to try for a while. Yeah, we've always wanted to do that. Um, yeah, and that's that's what happened. I mean, if I went into the project and you heard you heard um, the actual vocal take, because what happens is in your headphones you hear the tuned vocal, so you hear it all perfect.
3: Yeah. And you can't hear your raw vocal. And you sing into the auto-tune because there's effects you can get by going, singing slightly flat and going up to it. Because you want the like, uh, like those little bits, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So um,
2: I'm not going to play it because it sounds awful, right. but if I played you the raw vocal, it's, com-
3: <laughs> yeah, it's really flat and horrible. <laughs> um,
0: That's interesting, though. But so In order to achieve the effect you want to achieve, you have to sing in a certain way for the yeah, program to respond to, to your yeah, exactly. voice yeah. in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Right, I didn't realize that. That's mm. really interesting. Yeah. Um, Could I persuade you to try and chance hearing that okay. original vocal take? You could twist my arm. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: what? I will. Just for you, John. Here we go. I'm, in fact, right. I'm really scared. It's so bad.
1: Sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm fucking hard work. You can hear. Sometimes I'm the worst person.
3: Like bending up
1: and bending yeah, exactly.
3: down. Exactly.
2: So with the effect back on.
1: Sometimes I'm the worst person. I only know how to hurt.
3: Yeah. 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 You want all the like... Yes. Than, yeah. Yeah. It's which really you wouldn't get. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You'd be surprised how the re- the reaction to it, people either love it or hate it. Some people really really hate auto-tune and they're like auto-tune is not on, yeah, on YouTube and it's like right. it's just 30
2: seconds guys
0: yeah I think yeah, it's because they don't
2: yeah. we're using it as an effect and to get a feeling whereas I think some people think uh we to tune your vocal yeah exactly yeah. so it's like he doesn't need auto-tune yeah
0: no it's interesting and so then as the song progressed I mean that later on is there a trumpet on it is that was that what I there heard there is yeah so and, and there's a
3: flugelhorn yeah. there is um, there's lots
2: in fact i'll solo the brass because it's and um, again we got um these two amazing players mike and ryan
3: who we met at a kebab shop in <laughs> not even joking in, in berlin in, yeah somewhere in it's germany yeah, yeah we went to play melt festival and did our manager know him or something was that no, someone, um, our bass
2: player, who oh, plays with us live, knows everyone. Yeah, knew him. Yeah, so they got talking, and then we got talking, and it turned out he knew our music, and I
3: took his number and said we're probably going to want some brass at some point. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I'll I'll play the sort of outro with it.
0: And did they do their parts separately? Um, and then you built them up? Yeah.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah, some of them they did together and then we overdubbed it and overdubbed it.
0: Right, because at the moment I mean, this sounds like they're both playing together. Yeah. Um, and it, where was this recorded then?
3: At Livingston as well. Right, so okay, yeah. yeah. So we, yeah,
2: we first started off with just like the pads doing the chords and then we said... Can you now sort of noodle over it? And you can sort of just hear them in the background doing little bits, which gives it all the character.
0: So, yeah, let's hear how the track progresses and then you introduce the brass on on the track. I mean, it's lovely hearing it on its own, I must say.
2: Yeah. So with the track... So yeah, uh, this is the outro that we never had in the sort of original versions.
0: And that squeaky vocal thing, what's that? That
3: that's just Andy singing. The it's the first line of the chorus, and it's
1: sometimes I'm stupid.
3: Yeah, pitch out pitch right, an octave.
2: The way we do it is we get it to a point ourselves, so this really still is a demo and then we send it to um, someone to mix it right? and just get it sounding how we can't
0: get it sounding. um. (laughs) And when you send it to them to mix, what do you send them? Every single track that you've put together on this thing so that they can separate them out and tweak them according to know their vision of of how it should sound yeah exactly and do you what instruction do you give them in terms of because they've obviously got to strive towards mixing it a certain way and trying to achieve a particular thing
3: song to song we give Hmm. kind of different um descriptions of what we're after but generally it's to make it just like all tighter and like beefier and bassier i think bass is like one of the it's one of the things we find hard to get like sounding really tight and strong. You know, it's their trade to have all these little little tricks that they do and like outboard gear that they send stuff to and to make it all just really nice and compressed and beautiful yeah. <laughs> and glitzy.
2: Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. um let's hear a section mixed and unmixed or unmixed and then mixed.
2: Okay, so it's still the we'll, chorus. Th- yeah, th- so this is our our version. I'll
1: be thinking out Sometimes I'm stupid Sometimes I'm fucking hard work Sometimes I'm the worst person I only
2: know how to work I mean it's it's all there mm. you can grasp the song It's just this like the vocal is For me it's sat on top like it's poking out a yeah. Too much. We could probably and
3: release it and maybe no one would say anything other than a few like audio files. We'd be like, what's wrong? Something's not very right. But uh, then you get a mix back and you realise how much more potential there was. Sometimes
1: I'm stupid. Sometimes
3: I'm fucking so it's more powerful yeah, than, yeah. Um, it sounds I'm, whole, yeah, and glued together everything.
0: And is there a particular go-to person that you look to for your mixing?
3: Yeah, for this album, we have I think it's going to be entirely mixed by David Wrench. Right. Um, who's done like Sam Fur and The XX and Shora and a lot of people that we really like. Mm. I think he's done
2: Jungle's new album. Both, both albums. Yeah. We've actually, and I feel very bad, but we've not met him yet. Um, we've spoken to him on the phone. But we like to meet the people that we're working with. Yeah. Um, so I think we've we've got a, an appointment to go and meet him in his studio in London and just Finally. pick his brains and <laughs> yeah. find out what he's doing. Um, yeah, what magic he's up to. Yeah. yeah. He's very and, like Blase
3: about it, isn't he? Yeah. Because we asked him before and he's like, oh, I'm just sending it through a few, uh, you know, multiband compressors and stuff, really. That's all I'm really doing. It's like. You're doing more than that. (laughs) Our drums (laughs) didn't sound like that. (laughs) I think part of it as well is um, having an ear for, so if we've like layered up samples, like in day one, um, he can pick out which ones change the balance of it to make it sound better. I think that's also part of the skill is realizing what is important in the track to sonically make it sound full um, and bringing those elements out more. Whereas we we can get attached to stuff that we've made, and you're like, oh, I want everyone to hear that bit, mm. but then you get a mix back, and something else is louder, and it does sound better. Mm. Um, but you might we wouldn't have done it because we're we're too invested in what we've done. Yeah,
0: yeah. And do you think in a way, you know, having um, that part of of the process, being able to get that extra pair of ears around it after recording and and creating the tracks pretty much in this kind of setup which is quite simple Mm. can transform something in such a massive way
2: yeah you're right in that it is an extra pair of ears and it's like a fresh perspective on things and sometimes we will export the stems from the project and put them into a new project so with no plugins on or anything Um, and then even that is just the like a good enough step to take in order to hear it again fresh and be like, oh Yeah. right that, yeah. uh, that piano sound has too much bass on it or whatever, and then you can sort of go into it. So I think that's when when a mix engineer receives a load of stems, they can just see it from you know, almost like a blank canvas or Yeah. They can immediately tell what they have to do to it in order to get it sounding better.
3: And they've done they've tweaked a piano sound a million times, and we haven't. It also gets to a point where
2: you just don't want to listen to the song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> we're done. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. Do, 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 do something to this. Yeah.
0: And yet you both retain the production role. I mean, you're both producers and work as producers on your own music. Mm. Um, the mixer is somebody else, but they're not taking on that production role. You know, they're just shining something up but no disrespect of what they're doing you no. know but um and you, but you mentioned earlier on that you were control freaks or you know that you like <laughs> yeah. to take control is that why you know at this point so far two albums in you're not looking for a another producer to be involved
3: well we have we have actually uh, we have got a few tracks that we've worked with other producers on um but we always it's never like you produce it we're mm. just going to make the song now can you produce it um it's always so we've got one track that we co-produced with nana rogues who produced passion fruit by drake um and yeah we've just been like very open to working with other people and we went in for a day and yeah this song called i got you came out of it and it was very natural and nana rogues is singing on it which i think is his singing debut as
2: well I think it is yeah yeah it
0: sounds like you're working in a different way again you know you're treating him more like Ruben in, in in a way yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um, yeah
2: we're just I think we get to a point where we're quite friendly with the people that we work with and people aren't scared to try things out um it's just like a bunch of mates in the studio yeah i've got an Which idea should Shall like? i just go to do this and then be like yeah that was great can you try a few more things out like that yeah
3: and suddenly they're um, like oh shit i'm now on the album <laughs> yeah i'm singing on this album <laughs> right you've conned me yeah
0: but clearly it shows that there are no hard fast rules with regard to hon and and especially for this record, you know, in terms of how you're approaching things and, you know, quite open-minded and, and fluid, you know. Yeah. Obviously, you originate it all. It starts with you, but yeah. how you Yeah, it starts it and ends or,
3: with us, but it can go through other things on the way. Yeah. 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 I, well, we, I really think it's, um, uh, it would be a shame, and it is a shame for musicians to, an artist to say, I'm never working with anybody based on like pride i don't think that's particularly healthy because ultimately the the end goal is to come out with something that's really really good and if working with someone else helps you get there then it doesn't really matter does it who's got credits on it it's just about making something that's great yeah um and to say no i'm never doing any sessions with anybody even though it's just like a day out of your life that could you could come up with something magical afterwards mm. it's definitely worth giving it a
0: go i yeah. would say yeah so the third song we were going to listen to was me and you yes um, and this is an example of that right okay excellent guys <laughs> yeah. flowing so well <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs>
2: so this um this uh is a another song that we've sort of worked with another artist on uh his name is tom mish he's um a yeah, a great artist in his own right and yeah, we respect him highly and have been enjoying his music for you know a long time. Years. Yeah, a long yeah. time now. Um but yeah, he had a he had uh been approached by Red Bull Studios and they said to him, Look, our studio in London is free for a week. Do you want to come in and use it? And he said yes, and he um approached other artists and said, Do you wanna come down for a day? um which we were one of and we did and we went down and met him um (laughs) and just hung out listened to
3: music um showed he showed us some of his new album and we showed him some of ours yeah and then
2: just started writing a song and it was very basic what we came up with but it led to something yeah really really
0: cool yeah let's hear the complete track um and then go back and see how that worked out yeah So that is me and you. Yes. Well, obviously that's the finished version. It sounds so fully rounded. There's all these different elements in it and quite contrasting elements to the elements we've already heard um, in, in this session. You no? Know, um, and the and instrumentation. I mean, I, I love all those sounds. Um, what has created them and how did you create that to start with?
3: We started off just talking about what kind of beat we should go with.
0: Yeah. Um, and I
3: think I just said I'd love to use like a... They had a drum kit there, didn't they? They did, yeah. And I went in and just played that like, tum, ksh, tum, ksh, tum, ksh, tum, ksh, like that kind of thing. But I'm not very good at drums, so it's...
0: right. But you you play but a little. I found a good loop, oh. and <laughs> <laughs> cut it up, and found the great loop. Because in terms of demarcation, I mean, obviously Andy sings. Yeah. Um, who? How do you define your other roles? Because I've seen it's footage of you all other than that playing much. <laughs> keyboards james no yeah and so it's a live is that what you generally do yeah
3: live i generally sing i generally play keys (laughs) i sing i play guitar yeah Uh, i play a bit like loads of keyboards and some guitar and andy sings and plays guitar yeah or samples
2: trigger pads james's main instrument though is guitar and he's the best guitarist that i know
3: that's not true Tom well, Mish Tommy Tom <laughs> Damn you Tom Mish um, But until the accident The Oh yeah. accident, I cut my finger off In my middle finger You see like the bone Trying to poke through Oh right Yeah, yeah In a letterbox <laughs> Wow When I was drunk <laughs> She's really bad um, How long ago You know like when you It's called knock down ginger Yeah Unfortunately it's not long enough ago For this to be like a childish mistake <laughs> And yeah, we were just on the way back after a foolish night and um and it was like a bike shop. <laughs> so not even a normal person, just a normal house. But it was one of those letter boxes you know that like really grabs back afterwards. It's like an angry dog. <laughs> um and I've just put my hand in to make the noise on the letterbox and was running and it just went like walked off and was like mm, that felt weird I looked down and my fingernail was gone and oh. went back and it was like hanging off the letterbox. oh wow
0: did you take it away <laughs> yeah, yeah i
3: took it yeah i got can i get this to take away we're <laughs> yeah, um, go. <laughs> gonna have this for dinner later <laughs> fry this up um and i yeah so i like put it back on and then luckily there was like a festival in the area and there was an ambulance at my mate's house within like two minutes it was great um and he was like "Ooh, that looks bad (laughs) was like great thanks and he took me to hospital and they sewed it back on but they were like there's there's no way like it's just the fingertip it's like a centimeter maybe at the time and he was like it's not gonna it's not gonna stay on but it will grow into it as much as it can so you might get your nail back and all that kind of stuff and yeah. wow, and eventually, um, it goes black and hard. And then it, I, it eventually got to a point where in the shower, I could spin it like <laughs> a thousand degrees. It's pretty. Are you gonna be sick? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just comes off oh, lovely. the end of your finger, yeah. 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 But it goes like uh, the... it sounds like wooden, like it's like, like wow. when you bang it on the side, yeah. Amazing. Completely like pla- like wooden yeah. finger.
0: And how long ago was that?
3: That was maybe like five years ago. Right. Think, okay. Do you reckon? Yeah, five or six years ago. So on the first album, we've got a guitar solo on a song called "All in the Valley."
0: Had you had that already happened, or that had already happened?
2: Yeah. Actually, the so next. So you did
3: that with with the, your finger.
0: Yeah. And so how how is it now?
3: It's I can't use the middle finger. Oh, I can a bit. But um, I've started using my thumb more for chords, like
0: right. to play roots. So you're developing a Something way like around Andy's it. showed
3: me actually a lot of. It's
2: true. It's not the correct way to do it, is it? I'm not sure, but it
0: works i'm just thinking other i mean Django reinhardt and tony iomi both yeah. developed distinctive styles yeah. because of finger Lego injuries reinhardt had like two, two fingers, fingers yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i've got no excuse yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. so the future's bright <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know and you've already found your way around it yeah. in different ways but i it's feel hard. like we spent too One long story. on this area of my life <laughs> <haven't I? laughs> so but you, it's funny it's you still play guitar as part of the band sometimes yes. and yeah, yeah
2: and um yeah so anyway tom mish obviously (laughs) played guitar on this one um so this is where we got to after our day in the studio with tom mish yeah um it's very rough but there's the idea there
0: It always amazes me that sound that you can create because you can create that sound somehow with a keyboard as well. and I'm never sure when I hear tunes with this kind of sound. Yeah, like but a it's wire like, Yeah, yeah now but... is
3: that. That's Tom on bass as well.
2: So we, we only really had two sections and it was this section and then... A section coming up as well, um, which Tom had just made these chords. Yeah.
0: What a great day in the yeah, studio! Yeah. I mean, that's sounds so nice. And so on keys, this is. You on keys then, Andy? No. no. Um, doing all I'll tell those you what I did. I'll
2: tell you what I did all, all day was this. Did I do that? Yeah. Did
3: that? <laughs> Fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where is it? This, which is the best part, honestly. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <Thanks, guys. laughs> That's a good sound. Thanks guys. That's a good sound. That's a bloody good sound, man. <laughs> So yeah, back to the back to the new one.
0: And this sample obviously is the like famous. So that's song. Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Now, did you use the sample before you wrote the song? No, no. Because. Because there's a whole theme with the way you've. Yeah, the song is like, um, you know, falling madly
2: in love with someone to a point where you just feel like you're floating into outer space. And I thought, well, you know, why What's don't we try and use that? this sample? Yeah. Which apparently, I've really hoped we can use. Apparently it's like all copyright
0: free. Yeah, Really? Wow. That's amazing. Because I did wonder, I think, oh, is that an expensive thing to use? Yeah, Yeah. That's Um,
3: what we thought. But apparently, I mean, maybe when you see us again next time, we'll be like, (laughs) in like withered old clothes. We got sued. (laughs) But...
0: I like the way that you use a little bit of spoken word. Obviously, we heard Warm on a Cold Night and that yeah. has the DJ introduction. Yeah. But it's nice because you, especially on the introduction to your debut album, because it kind of, it almost sets the tone yeah. for, for the record and, and explains that you're called Hon. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I suspect that you've been asked many times, you "No, know, oh, your name, you know, how do you pronounce it and all that kind of stuff. But you cleverly dodge all that that by telling people immediately
2: yeah but people still ask us to this very day and get it wrong all the time yeah um there's another song um well actually someone sent it to us um on facebook they saw an interview with kirk hammett from metallica and he was talking about the music that he listens to before and after he goes surfing and (laughs) i (laughs) and he was talking about this band like he was saying two guys from the uk i think he said two weird guys from the uk yeah i think he did um but he can't he doesn't know what we're called he can't pronounce it he thinks we're called well you'll hear what i think no. <laughs> so yeah this is kirk hammett yeah,
1: this
2: this one man Tony or non i don't even know how to say their name
3: after I
0: serve. All right. Okay.
3: what makes you happy?
2: I love that. That's <laughs> yeah. so cool. So Kirk, he's
3: he's well happy. So we've cleared that with him and the the. It was like a festival interview, I think, that they were playing. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he said he'd be honoured to be on it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So that's nice. That's great. Yeah, it's funny. We wanted to get him to do a guitar solo on a track, but we. Haven't got that far yet. Yeah, maybe no. one day. No, maybe, no.
0: I mean, you've got yeah. some really high caliber people working on this project now. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. amazing. And so we've heard a lot of the the fully realized version of Me and You. I mean, you, you had that fantastic session, that fantastic day with Tom. Um, did he come back? Did you have to work, work it up further with Tom or did you then think, right, we've got the bare bones, we, need, we know what we want to do? It was more that, yeah. yeah. Um, it was sort
2: of you who led the charge with it. You kind of took those stems that we just heard yeah and then made it into a, a hon instrumental mm-hmm. and then it wasn't for a good couple of months where everyone was like this is really good um where i was like okay i'll do my thing now <laughs> um so <laughs> enough,
3: yeah enough people
2: have said that you need to do the vocals <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah then after a while i stuck a vocal on it and there we go that was it and the, so
0: so you thought of a uh, nice upbeat tune, gonna put you in a good mood if yeah. you thought something really and positive. I think,
2: you know, actually I don't know if I ever thought, but because um, Tom's artwork for his previous stuff is almost space there's like and lots stars. of stars. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if that was like a subconscious thing, but it ended up kind of being more integrated than
0: well, dunno, just being integrated somehow yeah yeah and did you need to re-record anything or because it just seems so amazing that you know with that one session that you came up with all these different parts that worked so well yeah Um, Yeah, like did you have to get tom back to do more bass or do more guitar no
3: so tom we had like good bass and the guitar parts were all great um i overdubbed some more like electronic bass on top Mm. and we went uh, and I just put some extra synths and stuff in And I layered different things up um, But then we went back to Livingston Studios again <laughs> um, To record drums on it With a drummer called Toby Cooling um, Who's a mate But he's just is a like a good session drummer Yeah um, And yeah he just nailed it And added in all the like Like little Like just
1: Right like, You came into my life no morning, like a flash of light. And I was doing fine, but as you came in, I watched my future rewrite.
0: I'm not yeah. ready. Yeah, the result's great. I mean, it just sounds, I mean, and so many of the tracks do sound as if you're all playing together in a room, having a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, which is quite an achievement considering that, you know, a lot of it is created in this, in this room here. Yeah.
2: yeah. That is part of the well it's part of what we try and do is to make it sound not necessarily like live like like a live band has played it but like there is a live element to it yeah um it's not all software synths and samples there are people actually playing real instruments which i think which is what gives it that live yeah. element to it
3: and we all we always like we do stuff like if if we've got another singer in here as well then we all three of us will stand here and sing into that mic and sing like group vocals and then if there's like a funky bit someone about like, woo, and then we'll just keep that in yeah like that's in this track yeah um as in the second pre should we just play it and it, you can hear that I'm ready
1: to take me as I- Like that. Yeah. just like little
3: bits like that and i love that like there's parts in beatles tracks there's this one chord in let, let it, it be, be yeah, and i think it was probably a mistake but it's like my favorite part of the whole song and just little bits like that i think make and in- a record a bit more interesting
0: yeah yeah totally it was been fascinating hearing all about it in the place that so much of it was created yeah thanks so much for letting us come in to the inner sanctum um, okay. do, do, do you give it a name <laughs> does it have name. A, a name it does do, do you...
2: yeah so it's called toki doki studios which uh toki doki is a japanese word which means sometimes so it's sometimes a studio and sometimes a mezzanine floor
1: <laughs> in where, a house yeah. where you live. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Excellent, Andy, James. Thank you so much. And thank maybe we'll much. have another blast of me and you just to see things out to yeah, let's keep do that it. party do going, get that fade out go. going, Andy. <laughs> oh, look, look at we're that! Going, we're going to start dancing now. Tape Notes is brought to you by In the Woods. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review, tell your friends about us, and make sure you're subscribed so you can enjoy the latest episodes when they're released. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see the scenes behind the podcast. All links are in the episode description, or alternatively, head to our website, tapenotes.co.uk. I'm John Kennedy. Thanks for listening. Speak to you next time.